listening to Squat Club on the Air. Hello, Squat Club family. It's the Dream Team, Lenka and Sarah, back for another podcast. Hey, everyone. So today we have a few questions that have been sent in by you guys that we're going to answer. Um, and they're pretty good variety, actually. A lot to do with um, being in the fitness industry, staying focused and consistent, um, and how to go about tracking when you're out with family and friends and what people might say and how you can or might react to it. So the first question we have is, what was the moment you knew you wanted to be a PT um, or in the fitness industry? Um, I think for me, when I was playing cricket, I just fell in love with the fitness side of things and in particular the conditioning side of things. So I'm the conditioning guru um I like weights too but the conditioning part and I just loved how I saw everyone progressing and I thought I really want to help other people do that because with my background with an eating disorder I had a lot of help from people and I got really educated in what I needed to do and I thought if I can help anyone um not go down the same path as me then that would be something I'd be really proud of so that's sort of what drove me into it what about you Lanka? I think already back when I was playing badminton, I always wanted to be a trainer, but that obviously went away when I when I stopped playing. Um, but when I started training with Ash about, I think maybe six or seven years ago now, um, I think it was a year after I started training when I got really good results and I felt so comfortable in my body and I felt so confident and it just changed my life completely and that was the moment when I was like I want to do this I want to help people feel like I feel right now and I want to help them change their lives so I think yeah it was probably about six years ago very cool yeah 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 maybe mine was eight or nine years ago but because I was playing sport I didn't really dive too far into the PT path I kind of did the certification and left it for a little but um, here we are. Yeah. Did you there. actually ever do any other work? Than yeah, yeah. I've had a, a nine-to-five job twice. Um, I worked for the Department of Education and then I had a job with a disability service doing um, case management. Um, but it just was never for me. Um, I kind of – I'd get really anxious throughout the day thinking, like, I really want to be at the gym and I wanted to help my mum get fitter and I just didn't – have the time balancing the both so when I stopped playing cricket I really dove into it so yeah that's so good awesome so our next question is how do I stay focused and consistent with maintaining a good diet when I'm not always in control of what I eat parents housemates cooking or buying groceries I think this is a perfect question for you because you live with your parents at the moment yeah so I well <laughs> I don't let them cook for me very often. Um, I like to – so when when you say stay focused and consistent and you're not in control of what you eat, I personally think that we can always be in control of what we eat. So whether you've cooked it or not, you can be in control of how much of it you eat. Um, just because it's different to what you would normally eat doesn't mean that you have to eat the whole serving or something like that. So consistency is, is more um, being okay with – life happening 
and eating those other meals out and being okay with that as long as it's not sort of an ongoing thing. So, yeah, I, I think being in control is just what you decide to eat portion-wise. Um, and you can also, being in control is also saying, okay, well, if, if you're going to cook this, can you make a little bit of this for me or something like that? It doesn't mean you have to completely miss out on the meal um, totally. So I think being in control, yeah, it's just about knowing what you, knowing your portion sizes, not binging on it and making the conscious decision to say, okay, I'm just going to have a little bit. That's I what think, I think. I think to say, I, I think that you can always stay in control. Um, if you already are so focused and are co- consistent, you either don't eat what the others eat depends on what you're training for like what your goal is um or as sarah said you just control the portions um or take your own food if you know you're going out or you're going to your parents and you're not going to like what they're having or you can't track it if you're preparing for something take your own preparation is preparation is part of being consistent yeah and like if you live with your parents for example and they don't buy food that you would like to eat well you just have to start buying your own food or, yeah. you know. You can online shop now, so you don't even have to go to the shop. <laughs> that's right, it's that's just, right. And that's when it comes back to making those decisions and those good choices about what's better for you. It's easier to say, okay, I'm just going to duck out to the shops and grab this than to actually eat the meal and then beat yourself up about it. Yeah. So it's just making that choice, that conscious decision to say, okay, I'm not going to eat that. I'm going to stick to what's working for me. Yeah, that's right. We got one more question there that could be um, related to this one. And that is, how should I handle family and friends making rude comments about tracking my food or training a lot? Which that goes pretty much hand in hand hand, with the the first question. Because sometimes um, when you live with your parents, your family, and you're tracking not eating the food that they are cooking, they might have with comments about it have I've, you ever I've experienced it my dad is a bandit for it every single time he's like oh you've had too much of this you've had too much of that um and honestly i just have a joke with them i say yeah well at least i'm looking after myself or i know what's going into my body do you know what you're eating i just sort of give it back to him but for other people who get really like self-conscious about it just know that there's there's nothing wrong with tracking your food or training if it's good for you if it's at a healthy level you're not overdoing anything then there's honestly nothing wrong with it it's just what works for you and your lifestyle yeah I've coped a lot as well the first time when I started training with Ash and um I started tracking because I was sharing um sharing house with another four people and they always laughed at me and just had rude comments and it was hard at the beginning but as you're saying I always put it back on them and I always say well you all talking about losing weight and whatnot but you're actually not doing anything for it and now when I'm trying so hard you're laughing at me yeah so you know you're like who's right yeah yeah and it's and it's about learning your body too it's like I think personally it's it's cool to know like I will have a massive bowl of food in front of me and to someone it'll like my dad for example he'll say to me are you gonna eat all of that 
yes, dad, it's about 300 calories. Do you know the nutritional content or the value of this food? And the answer he has is no, I do not. And I say, well, that's why I'm going to eat all of it because I know what's going into my body and how much is going into my body. And I think knowing that and being aware of what goes in is half the battle of getting to your goals anyway. Yeah. So That's right. You just have to be prepared for those comments. I do remember when Ash was um, in his prep, he, um, he had a dinner with all his friends and after the dinner he came to work and he said, well, we had all our meals prepped and then there were a few people who just had comments about it, like, you know, why do you need to do that? But then these people, they're all trying to lose weight, but they're not actually doing anything for it. Yeah. And I'm sure that Ash had <laughs> answer for them straight away as well, that, you know, that's just how you do it. Yeah, so and it's, it's how you're going to reach your goal um, in the time that you want to reach it. And that's just what you need to do. You're not going to track forever. You'll learn to eat intuitively. But for now, if that's the path that you're on tracking, then that's the path that you're on. It doesn't have to be the same as anyone else's. That's right. And same with training. I was training a lot in the question as well. It's the same thing. If it makes you feel better, well, why are they laughing at you? It's something that you enjoy. You tell them. That's, that's right. What do you enjoy? Yeah, and there's a lot of good people at the gym. There's good vibes. It's it's a nice. It's a good place to be. Like, who wouldn't want to be around that sort of stuff? There could be worse things you could be doing. So yeah. <laughs> I think if you if you're obsessed with training in the right way, then go for it. Yeah, that's right. Very good. Next question is, what is your go-to Uber Eats order? Oh, what's yours? I think, I think mine is Frango's. Frango's? I yeah. go, I, I like grilled. Love oh, there you go. grilled sweet potato I Actually, chips. I love grilled too, but yeah. it's too far and I feel like if I would order it through Uber Eats, it would be cold when it <laughs> comes. Yeah, and you don't want to reheat chips. Yeah. 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 I would say, yeah, I'd say grilled though, 100%. I go, I'm... I'm torn it's frangos or thai Ooh, i love thai and i always one. get thai yeah, yeah thai's always a winner yeah all right well the next question is what have you been doing to prepare for your triathlon so we have sad news so i saw my physio today and i have tendinopathy in my left shoulder so he has told me that I am not to be doing a triathlon this month and I'm not going to be competing in a powerlifting comp either. So we have to let my tendon settle before we can even start some rehab and then go from there. So it's a, we're going to have to stick at it for a little while, he said. So, so I'm crying. <laughs> so Lanka has to do a triathlon and the powerlifting by herself and I just have to ride a bike and not swim or lift anything over my head. <laughs> just want to say it was Sarah's idea for me to do triathlon and now I have to do it on my own. <laughs> I'm still going to go with you. Anyway, <laughs> what, what I do for the triathlon. <laughs> what we've been doing before today. <laughs> um, so we run twice a week. We swim. swim twice a week and we ride a bike twice a week as well. Or, yeah. So one of our running sessions will be a bit longer, probably around the 5K mark, and the other running session is some interval running. Um, and the next f sort of two weeks will be more interval running, transitioning from bike to run to build up those legs because going from the bike into the run, 
they feel like concrete. It's yeah. very hard. The first 500 metres is just – it's not a good time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mental battle. But once you get through that – First, tr- that transition from the bike to the run, that first 500 metres, once you're through that, you just find your rhythm and your pace. So, um, yeah, that's what my, we've been doing. My biggest focus has been on swimming. Yeah. Because when we signed up for the triathlon, I thought I always have been a good swimmer. But then when we went for a first swim, <laughs> <laughs> because I haven't done it for so long, that was so hard and I could not swim more than 25 metres in one go. And now what are you up to? Now I did 500 metres without stopping on um, Sunday. That's right. And I would like to do today 750 metres without stopping. So that would be – that's the goal. Also, Lenka hasn't run five kilometres in how many years? Probably 15. And she can still run five kilometres. Yeah, that so. was that was actually a big surprise too because the first – longer run we went for I was like I'll, I'll be happy if I can do two k's and I did five and Non-stop. it wasn't too bad that's right so yeah it's that's where we great. at <laughs> I am I am sad that I can't do the triathlon with you though but I'm still gonna be there good still gonna be there go team Lanka <laughs> but keep watching us because she's gonna be back that's right <laughs> I'm gonna get this shoulder right and the rest of my body and <laughs> there's always another one yeah all right, our next question. What has been your proudest moment in life, work and training? Ooh, good question. I would say my proudest moment in life is becoming an auntie um, to my little girls and my nephews. Work, well, I'm always proud at work. Like I love people progressing, seeing their progress pictures, them lifting heavy weights. Um, I think I'm most proud of Squat Club Black at the moment though. Um, I've never had the chance to be in charge or um, head coach of a program like this. So I'm really proud of that at the moment. And training, I would say probably all the training I did when I was playing cricket that led to multiple World Cup wins and an Ashes win. So... That, yeah, I'd say that. That's pretty impressive. Pretty cool. I've had a yeah. good run. <laughs> I think my proudest moment in life would probably be that I survived the first three months um, when I first arrived to Australia because they were pretty tough. Um, I remember I cried a lot. wasn't sure if I can make it and I was ready to go back. But... I didn't give up and eight years later, (laughs) I'm still here. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) Um, My proudest moment in work, I think, as Sarah said, I'm always proud of all my clients, but I think the proudest moment was um, last year, one of my clients, Ellie, she competed in her second powerlifting competition and she totally smashed it, like... It was so amazing. She was the best female lifter of the competition and she was also the second best lifter out of all male and females, which is – that's big. That's like, huge. Yeah, it was so amazing. Um, so I was and definitely now, very, very proud. And now Ellie runs 5Ks as well. <laughs> that's true, <laughs> yeah. From power lifter to just all-round athlete. Yeah. Crazy, hey. So um, and my proudest moment in training – there is, I think, there has been, there have been so many. I think, obviously, when I played badminton, 
Um, same as Sarah said, all the wins. But maybe the first powerlifting competition, because I trained so hard for it. I went to compete on my own. I didn't have a coach. When I got there, the the organizer of the competition could not believe that I'm doing it without coach. And I still pushed through. I lifted pretty heavy weights for the body weight I was back then. Um, so I think, yeah, that would have been the proudest moment. Very good. That's cool. And our last question is, I'm struggling to get back on track with my routine after having a break. What are your best tips to combat this issue or feeling? Well, <laughs> I had this not long ago. Um, I found it really hard after I got out of the cricket hub to get back into routine and to actually get back to normal training. So what I did was I did the things that I really enjoyed. So I kept doing my running and um, just any any weight I felt like during the during that training session I didn't really have a set program but then I sat down and I revisited my goals and what I wanted to get out of my training but also what I could learn from it and that's where we come up with the powerlifting competition idea so it's just about revisiting your goals what you want to do what can you learn from it and what can you get out of it and then you can figure it out from there the routine's the hard part. Like it's always hard to rebuild a routine, but once you figure out your goals, you can you actually can have a starting point. I think. Yeah, the goals are definitely the most important part. I'd say always start slowly. Don't try to get like dive into it all in. Like I see so many people they start training first time in their life and they want to do six sessions a week and they want to eat clean if that's even a thing mm-hmm. straight away um and that that's setting them they setting themselves to failure because you're never gonna continue this for a long period of time so you always want to start slowly so if you are brand new into fitness start with two days a week then add another day maybe three four weeks later but just start slowly and make sure that you always get those two sessions in. And when you do that four weeks in a row, that's when you can add another one. I'd say same with food. Start with making good choices for lunch. Then following week, you can do good choice for lunch and dinner. And just keep building up, building up until you are in a routine. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd say... Yeah, and good choices, like it literally can be something as simple as I will have a diet drink instead of a full sugar drink or I'll have vegetables instead of hot chips or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like when you go out to eat a meal, like little things like that that are just going to start you on the right track and you'll start to realise how good you feel after those little changes. And same with your training, like if you start two days a week, you're going to start to feel better and better and better and then you're going to say, hey... I want to keep feeling better. I'm going to add a third day in because I'm really enjoying this. So Lenka's right. You need to start slow. And from there, the long, like you got that longevity. You know that you can sustain two, three sessions a week. And you're not yeah. going to set yourself up for failure. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all from us today. Thanks for your questions, guys. We appreciate it. And hopefully we we're able to answer them and give you a few pointers. Thanks for listening. And we will be back.